You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you from Hobart, Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host and today we have a special guest, Libby Hergen, and joining us in the studio. Welcome Libby. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us today, Libby. Now, this is your first time in the studio here, but down in Tassie. Um, First time on Faith FM, probably. Is that right? Yeah, first time on the radio. Awesome. Well, it's great to have you here. And I know, uh, Libby, you've got an interesting story and you've got uh, a real passion for the topic of what we're going to be talking about today. So I might just ask uh, you to share a little bit about who you are to our listeners and, uh, yeah, just just let us know a little bit about yourself before we get into the program. Yeah, sure. Uh, Well, my husband is Rick. He was actually on the radio program a few weeks ago. Um, he's a pastor, an Adventist pastor, and I've got four children, uh, three who are at school and one little girl who's a toddler at home with me. So uh, most of the time I'm at home looking after her and I'm also a teacher. So sometimes I do some relief teaching as well. And I've also studied nutrition as well. Um, it's a passion topic of mine. So, yeah, I've studied that at uni as well. You sound like uh, you're, I think with everything you've described, you sound like perhaps you're a fairly busy sort of person. Yes, <laughs> life is definitely busy. <laughs> Four um, kids and, yep. uh, yeah, many yes. things to do. Definitely. Yeah. Um, look, before we go on, I just do want to let our listeners know that we tonight we're starting a series of programs with Sue Rad around Tasmania. Sue Rad is uh, from the mainland, but she's coming down to Tasmania, Dr. Sue Rad. I'll just tell you a little bit about that. We're running a program called Improving Your Immune Function Through Food. It's a free event, and it's happening in Tasmania here. So if you're listening in Tasmania, please take note. This is your last day to uh, register, last chance um sue is an accredited sorry an advanced accredited practicing dietitian she really knows her stuff and uh, are you going to be going to this event libby yes i am i booked in i've got my tickets and i'm going awesome so it'll be great to see you there i'm going to be there as well in the hobart one so her recent book food as medicine cooking for your best health received the gorman world cookbook award for the best health and nutrition book in the world so on uh, friday that's tonight friday the 13th of may um, it'll be in the Hobart Function Centre in Hobart and on uh, Sunday in Launceston, the Grand Chancellor, and on Monday in Devonport. Now, if you want to get the details for this, text in immune22, that's immune22, to 0488880891. That's our Tessie Encounters show number. And uh, we'll send you a message with all of the details as to where you can book. So this is your last chance. Don't miss out for this free event. Um, I'm really looking forward to that. Now, Libby, sorry to interrupt your uh, discussion there, but um, you've got a a bit more of a story, I guess, of uh, how you became interested in um, health and uh, nutrition. So let's let's hear a bit more of that. Yeah, sure. So um, my parents became Adventists when I was about eight years old, and I guess that's where my health journey kind of started. Um, a literature evangelist knocked on my parents' door and then eventually a pastor visited with my mum and dad. They received Bible studies over you know, over months and eventually they got baptised. 
And during the Bible studies, my parents learnt about the healthy lifestyle principles taught by the church, and they decided to become vegetarian. So my family switched to a vegetarian diet pretty much overnight, much to the disgust of me and my sister. We didn't like it at the time, but... That's that's really hard for some people, isn't it, to to change a diet like that? Oh, definitely. Like, um, I'm pretty amazed that my parents were able to do it overnight because it means changing all your habits Mm. and finding new recipes and they're all pretty hard things to do Mm. but um my parents stuck with it they were pretty keen and um yeah our our taste buds changed i guess and my sister and i accepted it pretty soon um and even though my parents became vegetarian i didn't really think much about my health or what i ate until i was about 18 and i decided that i wanted to be healthy I wasn't really unhealthy, but I didn't feel great either. And I'd quite often get sick and I'd get tonsillitis. And I just, I was carrying some extra weight as well. And I just wanted to um, be as healthy as I could be. So at church, I had a look through the, the bookshelf and I found an Adventist book about healthy lifestyle principles. Mm. And I read the book. And the book talked about things like eating a plant based diet, um, which includes lots of fiber and getting regular exercise, getting enough sleep, avoiding junk food, and avoiding cigarettes and alcohol. And I guess out of those things for me, the biggest change was what I was eating. Um, So I decided to change what I was eating. Um, I focused on eating healthy plant-based foods, things like whole grains, legumes, fruits, and vegetables with some nuts and seeds as well. And at the time, I decided I was just going to cut out animal products and junk food and even though my parents were vegetarian and I was vegetarian at home, when I went out, I still ate meat and just whatever I wanted, basically. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, this time I decided that I was just going to focus on really eating lots of healthy foods. And for me, it wasn't a, uh, a crash diet or a fad diet, but it was a lifestyle change. I wanted to do something that I was able to stick to. Mm. I didn't want to just do something for a few months and then go back to the way I was. I just wanted to really you know, change my health. So I focused on eating foods that I enjoyed. I didn't want to eat foods that were bland or that I didn't enjoy. So I ate things like roasted veggies and wholemeal pasta with sauces and stir-fried veggies and rice and just made sure that I ate plenty of foods that were filling me up and made me feel satiated. And that helped to crowd out all the unhealthy food and the junk food. So I was, didn't really feel like I was missing out. Mm. Um, I felt full and satisfied eating these healthy foods. That's awesome. Um, just a, a point there, you know, many people become vegetarian um, for the for the sake of animals, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, for you, it was a, a different reason. It was more for the, the health benefits. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For me, it was about being as healthy as I could be. And, and this was 20 years, like roughly 20 years ago that I did this. And I guess um, that wasn't such a big thing at the time. Today mm. it's much, much it's more a, It's a pretty big thing. And I think most, well, I guess there's there's multiple reasons now, isn't it? Uh, health, I think um, the health benefits of, of uh, being a vegetarian has become more widely known. Mm-hmm. But also there's this um, move, I guess, to save the planet and... Uh, to uh, yeah, be more friendly to our environment and all that sort of thing. That seems yeah. to be a very popular it reason. Is. But I guess you can be a very unhealthy vegetarian or even a very unhealthy mm-hmm. vegan yeah. as well. So 
I guess it's important, um, which I'm sure you'll share in, in uh, at some point in time, that it's important to um, to consider the whole health, you know, uh, the health uh, balance, you know, rather than just cutting out meat or whatever. Yeah. Um, for, like, vegans are, as you said, healthy um Eating eating plants because of the ethical reasons, mm. and yeah, it is very easy to eat a junk food vegan diet, which is good for the animals, but not so good for your health. So I think it's good to consider, mm. definitely good to consider your health. Mm. So, how did that work for you? You you became vegetarian. Um, it uh, did you feel a lot better? Oh, definitely. Um, I I had so much energy. I felt really good and. Um, because I felt so good, I was able to stick to it and it really motivated me to keep going. Mm. If I didn't feel so good, I probably wouldn't have kept going with it. Mm. But um, over about six months, um, my health just really improved and I felt so great. And I also started to lose weight as well. Like I wasn't even trying to lose weight, but because I was eating so healthy, um, the and I was I guess I was probably moving more just because I had so much energy as well mm. and the weight just kind of melted off me without me even trying and I didn't even notice until all my clothes started to become baggy and too big for me mm. and I ended up losing about 10 kilos um, which was a real eye-opener for me at the time because um, I was carrying a little bit of extra weight and I'd always kind of wanted to lose it but I always thought you had to eat less food and exercise tons to, mm. to lose weight, but mm. it just kind of happened naturally. Um, so, yeah, that really um, was an eye-opener for me and um, something new for me that I didn't realise. And uh, and so I, I'm guessing that you've um, pretty much stuck with that um, way of eating? Yeah, I have. So today I still eat a plant-based diet and I feed my family a plant-based diet as well. We eat lots of healthy foods like whole foods, whole grains, legumes, uh, lots of fruit and veggies um, and yeah filling up on those foods so that we can stick to it um, and I'm, I guess I'm really thankful looking back um, at my parents and their decision that they made and it kind of opened the door for me to, to be able to learn about health and make those changes in my life as well. And I, I guess, yeah, I feel really blessed to be a part of a church that appreciates and teaches lifestyle principles as well. Mm. Well, that's fantastic. Now, after the break, we're going to come back and have a look at some really interesting health studies that uh, have been done. So hang in there, stay tuned, and we'll be back shortly. But uh, right now, this is a song by Jaden Lavick. It's called I Surrender All.
Listening to Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM, and this morning we're talking with Libby Hergenen on the topic of health, uh, specifically, does health matter? Now, Libby, you have quite an interest in health and nutrition, and you love doing some research, and I believe you've got some research that you'd like to share with us this morning. Yes, I do love researching health and nutrition and um, I went to uni and I studied nutrition as well because I love it so much and my husband teases me as well because in my spare time I do like reading journal articles because I just had this huge need to know like what does the science actually say about health and nutrition. Mm. Um, And as I've researched, I've gained a better understanding of how diet and lifestyle impacts health and chronic disease from a scientific perspective. And in particular, I've 
looked into the benefits of a plant-based diet and learnt about that. And as I've read, and um, I also listen to a lot of health be- experts as well, like doctors and nutritionists in the field of plant-based nutrition. Mm-hmm. And as I've researched, I've discovered that all of the plant-based you know, leaders in the world know all about Seventh-day Adventists and about their health. And there's two main reasons why they know about that. And the first is because of the Blue Zones. Um, In 2005, National Geographic magazine ran a cover page article called The Secrets of Living Longer. And it was about the regions in the world with the longest living people. And the article was written by a journalist called Dan Butner, who came up with the idea after he stumbled on a report written by the World Health Organization. And they reported that Okinawans have the longest disability-free life expectancy in the world, which means that they live a really long time and they avoid chronic disease. Mm-hmm. And Dan Butner wanted to find out why people in Okinawa live so long. He wanted to know, was it genetics? Was it the environment? Was it food or something else? Mm. So he teamed up with National Geographic magazine and they recruited demographers who scoured the globe to see if they could find other pockets of the world where people lived long, healthy lives. And they actually found five regions and they named these regions the Blue Zones. And these regions are in, uh, I'll, I'll read out the five now. Mm. They're Okinawa in Japan, Ikaria in Greece, Sardinia in Italy, Nicoya in Costa Rica, and Loma Linda in California. So Loma Linda is a city with about 22,000 people. It's near, it's in California, near um, Los Angeles. Mm. And they have a high concentration of Seventh-day Adventists in this town. So of the 22,000 people who live there, about 9,000 of them are Adventists. So Dan Butner and his team visited each of the five Blue Zones because they wanted to find out how they lived, what they ate and what their community was like. And what they found was really interesting. They basically found that in each of these five regions, they have a very similar lifestyle and very similar dietary habits. So when you look at their lifestyle, these people don't smoke. They value family relationships. They have constant moderate physical activity. You know, they're not going out exercising, but they're just They're not moving. running marathons. No, <laughs> they're not. You know, they're not even going for a jog or doing yoga. They're just... Mm things like gardening and yep. you know they walk from place to place so it's built into their daily activities yeah it's just part of their lifestyle mm-hmm. um also they have a positive outlook on life um and then regarding their diet in each of these five regions they all eat a plant-based diet um, so they eat very little meat and animal products they might eat meat maybe like once or twice a month but it's not a regular part of their diet. Mm-hmm. Also, they eat from the garden, so they grow lots of their own fruits and veggies. And they all eat whole grains. They all also all eat legumes in each of these five regions, about one cup per day. Legumes is things like chickpeas and lentils and black beans, those sort of things. Mm-hmm. Um, also, in each of the regions, they eat minimally refined and processed foods. So, you know, they're eating the whole foods rather than the processed white flour foods. Um, And they don't eat fried foods as well. 
Um, and at every meal, they eat at least two vegetables. So, yeah, very much a plant-based diet and just a, a foods-as-grown kind of diet. So they're eating foods in their natural form and very little of the packaged and processed foods. So what would have, when, when I saw this, um, at least two vegetables at each meal, I, I wondered uh, what a breakfast would look like. What would a breakfast with two vegetables look like? <laughs> well, it probably looks different in each region because, mm. you know, you've got Italy, Greece, Japan, things like that. Um, for example, in Japan, they eat a lot of sweet potatoes. Mm. So back then, um, when they, you know, first looked at Okinawa, they were eating sweet potatoes at pretty much every meal. That's their staple. Yes, yeah. yep. Um, and they're kind of isolated in Okinawa as well. So... Mm getting other foods was um, harder. It was harder for them to get. Mm. Um, in Costa Rica, they eat um, corn and beans and things like that. So it wouldn't be a traditional, you know, cereal with milk kind mm. of breakfast, mm. but they're eating foods that are available to them. Mm. Mm. I'm, I'm interested in the Loma Linda one too because, of course, that's in the middle of a, uh, of you know, a, a Western culture, mm-hmm. um, which uh, America is not known for its uh, health, <laughs> uh, like I guess Australia is not known for top health either. So it's interesting that in the middle of that Western society, there's this little pocket of uh, of people who um, are eating differently. Mm, it's yeah. quite, quite fascinating. It, it is, because when you look at the other regions, sort of Okinawa, um, Ikaria, Sardinia, they're fairly isolated places. Mm. And that's probably one of the reasons why they were able to eat so healthy because they were shut off from all those processed foods, you know, mm. the fast food. Mm. But in Loma Linda, it's really the only one that's smack bang in the middle of this major you know um western West, culture yeah, yeah that's right in it's in la basically like mm. right on next mm. door to la where all of the uh, fast takeaways and things would be available yeah that, mm. that's right very easy to get so i guess loma linda is unique and it's it's because it's full of adventists who learn these healthy diet and lifestyle principles mm. and they've got the motivation of you know wanting to look after their bodies mm. Um, because they they come from a Christian background. So that's really ha- what makes the difference for well, them. We're going to talk about that a little bit more in our next section as well as to the, yeah. uh, I guess, the spiritual principles behind health. So, um, so what else can we learn from the Blue Zones? Yeah. Um, I guess that the biggest thing that we can learn from the Blue Zones is that diet and lifestyle has a huge impact on your health and longevity. So eating a plant-based diet, eating the unprocessed foods. Um, and also there were other things that were not related to food. So, you know, moderate physical activity, keeping your body moving, having the positive outlook on life and having um, the social support around you as well. So, um, you know, having friends and family around in each of those regions. Um, those are really big things as well. Now, I can see a heading in your notes here that says Adventist Health Study. So there must have been something um, that you're going to talk about here that uh, talks about a specific study of Adventists. Tell us more about that. Yeah, well, in the United States, Seventh-day Adventists live 10 years longer on average than everybody else. Mm -hmm. And so the U.S. government wanted to know, well, why? What is it about Adventists that causes them to live 
10 years longer because in scientific terms, 10 years is huge. Mm. So um, the American government has put millions of dollars of funding into the Adventist Health Study. And the Adventist Health Study um, is a study that looks at Seventh-day Adventists and what they're eating. And Adventists are really valuable to study because Adventists tend not to drink or smoke. So mm-hmm. most of them don't do that. And drinking, So those, the risk factors associated with that are basically minimised or eliminated. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So drinking and smoking are known in the medical world to be two of the biggest risk factors mm. for disease. And so because Adventists don't drink and don't smoke, they're really valuable to study because we can say, well, since they're not drinking or smoking, there's... And, and if they get disease, then there's other factors that are contributing to that. And so we can, you know, find out, well, what is, is it the food? You know, is it other things? Is it lack of exercise that um, causes people to get diseases? So the Adventist Health Study is a really big study. And it looks, uh, it includes 96,000 Adventists throughout North America and it looked at their health based on their diet and it compared um, the different diets of people. So it kind of put people into one of five different groups. And these are the Adventist people that we're talking about, the 96,000 Adventists. Yeah, so 96,000 Adventists. Yep. And it looked at them based on whether they were vegan, like not eating animal products at all, vegetarian, pesco-vegetarian, which includes fish but mm-hmm. not um, dairy, semi-vegetarian, which is eating a plant-based diet, but um, meat occasionally, and Mm -hmm. then non-vegetarian people, so people who eat meat. And what the study found was pretty amazing. Um, So first of all, um, we'll just have a look at what they found in regards to body weight. We might take a break and uh, we'll come back and and, uh, discover what the results of this study was. It it sounds fascinating. Um, But right now, I just want to remind you, we've got a booklet to give away today. It's called A Taste of Food as Medicine. And uh, it's a, a book by Sue Rad. Um, the lady who's coming down to present uh, tonight and over the weekend. Um, so we'll be giving you more information about that book shortly. But right now, this is Carolyn Cobb with Only the Sick Need a Physician. i 
program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and today we're speaking with Libby Herganen on our series Connecting the Dots and this morning uh, we're talking about health, the topic of health, does health matter? And just before the break we were looking at an Adventist health study. Uh, 96,000 Adventists were studied in the US and uh, Libby can you share some of the key findings of that study? Yeah, so um, I'll have a look at three different results that they found. So the first one is related to body mass index, or BMI, um, and it found that vegans had the lowest BMI out of all of the different diet groups. Mm -hmm. So um, they were the only group, actually, to be under the recommended BMI of 25, which is considered the normal or healthy range of BMI. And then as you go up to lacto-over-vegetarian, the BMI increases, as you go to pesco-vegetarian, it increases. Semi-vegetarian, the BMI increases. And the group with the highest BMI were the non-vegetarian group. So you can see that um, diet really affects um, body weight. Then the next one we'll look at is type 2 diabetes prevalence. So the group with the lowest rates of diabetes were the vegan group with 2.9%. And then as you increase the animal products in the diet... It, the percentage of those with diabetes increases mm. up right up to the non-vegetarians who had the highest rate of diabetes which was 7.6% of that group so next is high cholesterol so once again the vegans were the group with the lowest rates of high cholesterol only 3% of vegans had um, high, high cholesterol, cholesterol. Yeah. Whereas um, the non-vegetarians who were including, you know, the meat and the dairy, everything, had 15.1% of, um, of them had high cholesterol. Mm. So as uh, this study really shows us that the more animal foods that you have in your diet, you know, the higher the body weight, the higher the rates of diabetes, the higher the rate of cholesterol. So what we can really learn about that study is that the food that we eat has a significant impact on our health. Mm. And a plant-based diet, and including more plants in your diet, really lowers your risk of chronic disease and um, 
yeah, having those suffering from those conditions. I think this uh, research is now becoming much more widely known. Uh, I, I see it in a lot of places now. I'm, I'm also interested in a lot of this nutrition um, research as well. So, so Libby, why do Adventists, you know, we've just looked at this Adventist health study, but why do you think Adventists uh, follow this type of, uh, by and large, although in that group um, there was like still 45% of people out of the Adventists who, who were non-vegetarian. So it's not a hard and fast rule. But, but why do Adventists or more Adventists follow this sort of lifestyle, do you think? Yeah, um, well, yeah, relating back to the, the study, um, I didn't mention earlier that only 8% of um, Seventh-day Adventists in North America were in the vegan group where they didn't mm. com- include any animal products in their diet. But I guess when you look at the Bible, um, you know, we have the example of Jesus and he had a real focus on health. Um, and when we look at Jesus' ministry on earth, we can see that God really does care about our health and our bodies. Um, it's interesting that it's one of the main things he did, wasn't it? He, he healed people. Yeah. Jesus' ministry was really centred around health and healing. Mm. He spent more time in his of his ministry on earth healing the sick than he did preaching. Mm. So it was obviously really important to him. He would go from town to town healing the sick, and then he would preach the gospel to the people. So Jesus obviously wanted to see people healthy and wanted to see people well. Mm. Um, but Jesus didn't want to simply be known as a miracle worker or a healer of physical d- disease. He also wanted to draw them to him as their saviour. So he spent his time dealing with both the physical and spiritual needs of the people, uh, not just one or the other, but he realised that both physical and spiritual health are important Mm. as well. And um, so, you know, we can see from Jesus' example that he wants to see us well too. He wants us to live a long, healthy life that's abundant. He wants us to feel good and, you know, be able to do all the things that we should be able to do. So this this is not um, just a matter of saying, well, we we shouldn't... um I don't know, let's take, for example, we shouldn't eat uh, milk or we shouldn't drink milk or whatever or we shouldn't uh, eat um, certain meat or whatever. This is really a principle of of health, isn't it? Hmm. And we're finding the study shows that, uh, by and large, the more plant food diets, the more plants that you have in your diet and the less animal products seems to produce that result of health. Yeah, yeah, we could see that from both the Blue Zones and the Adventist Health Study. Mm-hmm. Um, that yeah, And it's not just about not eating animal products, but really focusing on lots of healthy whole foods. Because mm. um, you can, again, we said earlier, you can be a very unhealthy vegan yeah. <laughs> if you want to be. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so I guess, yeah, the question that I ask then is, well, how should we treat our own health? Mm. If that's the way God sees our health and you know jesus spent so much time healing and um helping people with their health how should we um treat our own health and um i guess i had a look through the bible at all the verses about you know our bodies and how god wants us to treat our bodies and i found a verse in romans 12 verse 1 um where paul talks about why we should do anything as christians really Mm. You know, not just about our health, but um, what gives us the motivation to do any of the things that we do in life. And the book of Romans has a reputation 
as being one of the most theological books in the Bible. But in it, um, in the first 11 chapters of Romans, Paul explains in theological terms what it means to be a Christian, what it means to come to God and to be saved through faith in Jesus. And then at the end of those first 11 chapters, Paul concludes this theological section, which deals with the doctrine of salvation. And then at the start of um, Romans chapter 12, Paul then turns his attention to the implications that the gospel has on our lives. Mm. And he wants to answer the question, well, so what? You know, because of what God has done for us, you know, he's saved us, he's shown us mercy. Um, you know, we've seen that in the first 11 chapters. What are we going to do about it? What what implications does that have for our life? And so I just want to read um, Romans 12 verse 1. And it says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So what does that really mean, to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll dig into the verse and mm. just have a look at few, a few of the words mm. there, and we'll see what it means. And so the first word Paul uses is therefore. So the word therefore is used at the start, and it's referring back to everything that Paul has talked about in the previous 11 chapters about how we're saved through faith. So he's saying, therefore, because you have been saved, here is how you should live. And then he says, um, in view of God's mercies. So Paul tells us to recognize that God has shown us great mercy and he has died for us. He's forgiven us our sins and we don't deserve it, but we should be motivated to offer ourselves to him because of that mercy that he has shown. And how should we respond to those mercies? So Paul tells us to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. And the Greek word that Paul uses here for bodies is soma. And soma refers to our physical body. Mm. And the Romans who Paul was writing to believed in something called dualism. And this is where they believed that the body and the soul were separate. They thought that they could do anything with their bodies and that it had no significance on their soul or their spirituality. So Paul deliberately uses the word soma to emphasize that our worship should involve every part of our life, not just the spiritual, but the physical as well. Mm. And so, you know, we shouldn't just offer our our bodies or our spiritual life, but you know, our it's mind and everything It's not just our words, well. so it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah. our full being. Yeah, it's everything in our lives, mm. um, not just our talents, but everything that we do. And then it says they're a living sacrifice. So a sacrifice is anything that is consecrated and offered to God. We bring our whole lives to him, everything we do, and we offer it to God. And so everything we do from the food we eat to the way we spend our time can be an act of worship. So your worship... You worship God when you prepare a healthy meal for your family. You worship God when you go for a walk. We worship God when we speak kindly to others as well. Mm. I love a. You've got, just got written here something, and um, I guess one of the ways that we can worship God is to actually care for our body, you know, and mm. uh, and look after our health. And of course, if we look after our health, that we can also look after others better. We can we can function better. We can serve better. 
and uh, that's a fantastic thing. We're going to go to another break. Just before we do, uh, a taste of food as medicine. I promise to give you a bit more information. Cooking for the Best Health by Sue Rad. This is a sharing book. It's a small booklet uh, to improve your health uh, of you and your community. It's a full-colour mini cookbook um, for sharing good health. It's got lots of little recipes in it, and uh, we'd love you to get a copy of this book. Right after the break, we will give you the code that you can use to claim this book. This is The Sound That Saved Us All by Anthony Skinner.
You're listening to Tessie Encounters on Faith FM. And before the break, I promised you the code to our free book offer today. It's a booklet titled A Taste of Food as Medicine by Dr. Sue Rad. Now today the code is CONNECT number 12. CONNECT 12, C-O-N-N-E-C-T and the number 12. Text that in with no spaces. Text it to 0488-880-891 to claim your free uh, copy of this little booklet. It's a fantastic little uh, book of recipes and you'll benefit from it if you do get a copy. Libby, uh, what are the key takeaway points for us today? Yeah, well, in Romans 12 verse 1, we found that um, God wants us to surrender everything over to him for his glory and purpose. Because of the mercies he's shown to us, because he's saved us, he wants us to surrender everything to him and be a living sacrifice. And that includes our bodies as well. And when we offer our body to God, we're giving him everything all the time in the way that he wants. And this includes our health as well. Mm. Um, but there can be a danger in focusing too much on health. Mm. Um, so we can become fanatical. Yeah, 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 that's right. But you know, on the other end of the spectrum, there's the danger in not valuing it enough. So we do need to make sure you know, we have this healthy respect for our bodies and we treat it the way that God wants us to so that we can serve him, live a long, healthy life, being able to do the things that he wants us to do. So when we think of you know, our health in this way, Instead of saying, you know, what's the least thing that I can do to be healthy, we can say, what's the best way that I can take care of my body so that I can honour God and serve Him and glorify Him? Mm. So I want to, I guess, challenge listeners today to offer your body to God as a living sacrifice and honour Him with your health. I was recently reading about a significant preacher from Scotland in the 19th century called Robert Murray McShane. And His work as a preacher was very fruitful. He did so much for God, but he became overworked and exhausted and he died just before he turned 30 because of poor health. Mm. And as he was dying, he said, The Lord gave me a horse to ride and a message to deliver. Alas, I have killed the horse and cannot deliver the message. That's sad, isn't it? It is very sad. And because if he had taken better care of his health, he may have had many more years to preach the message of mm. Christ mm. and be able to, you know, spread the, the good news. So God wants us to look after our bodies so that we can live a long, fruitful, healthy life. And the Blue Zones and the Adventist Health Study both show us that eating mostly unprocessed plants and avoiding the processed food and the animal foods makes you healthier and helps you to live a longer life and avoid chronic disease as well. Mm. So I want to encourage listeners to, when you eat a meal, fill it up with plants at each meal, whole grains, legumes, fruits and vegetables and small amounts of nuts and seeds as well. And this will help crowd out other foods. So when you're filling up on these foods, you know, you're not going to want to eat those other foods, you know, the junk food. Um, and also focus on eating healthy foods that you enjoy. You don't want to you know, eat foods that you don't enjoy that are bland, but focus on eating those things that you do enjoy. I know my uh, my mum's husband um, 
he they they live very healthily, but he hates broccoli, <laughs> and uh, uh, broccoli is such a healthy food, but he won't eat it. So. Yeah, if you don't like it, find got, something. You got to find something else that works. <laughs> there's you know there's so many vegetables out there. Yeah. Surely there's at least one or yes. two that you like. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, as you eat more of these healthy foods, you start to feel better and have more energy, and that brings you motivation to keep going and to stick to it as well. So I just want to encourage you, because the great God of heaven has saved you and shown mercies to you, I want to urge you today to use the opportunity and time you've got in this world, you've been given one life, to serve God with your whole life, including your health, so that you can live long and prosperous, serving God and serving others and having an abundant life. Mm. So Libby, just before we go, we've got a minute or two left. Um, can you give us a, a couple of tips on how to be organised in preparing? Because, of course, um, that's what I struggle with personally, is uh, being prepared. And, of course, when you're tired, it's hard to put the energy into preparing food. So give us one or two tips about how, how to be prepared. I see on Facebook some of your uh, <laughs> pictures of your food that you've prepared, and mm-hmm. it makes me uh, think, wow, that's, that's awesome. I wish I could just pick that up out of the fridge and eat it. <laughs> yes. Well, the thing about our society and our environment is that it is really easy to eat unhealthy food. We, mm. we live in what's called an obesogenic environment where it's very easy to eat unhealthy processed food because it's so readily available and it's easy to become unhealthy and overweight. So you really do have to be very conscious about eating healthy and you have to be planned and prepared. Mm. So the first thing to do is go shopping, make sure that your fridge is stocked full of food that is healthy and that you enjoy eating. The next thing is like if it's if it's in your fridge sometimes and you know it's not prepared it's not easy to grab and eat. Mm. So you do need to prepare or at least do a little bit of preparation. So, for example, if you do buy broccoli or cauliflower, cut it up as soon as you get home okay. so that it's really quick. That's what I always then do. Then you just put it in the pot and steam it or whatever you yeah, do. It, yeah, or you can even get a little microwave steamer. I've got mm. one of those as well. Mm. Um, if you eat potatoes, you know, make sure they're scrubbed. You can even pre-cook them as well. Mm. Um, every I always have brown rice cooked in my fridge. So I'll cook up a big batch of brown rice and then put it into little containers and either freeze it or keep it in my fridge. If I've got some salad ingredients, I'll grate carrots and chop up cabbage. Um, the things that don't last very long, I don't chop, mm. like tomatoes and cucumbers. I never chop those. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, you've got to do them fresh. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, having stuff in your fridge that's ready to go. And, you know, you can even, even cook up a soup or a stew or things like that yeah. um, and keep those in your fridge as well. So it's easy to just grab them and eat them. Cool. Now, just a reminder, we've got this Improving Immune Function Through Food event. It's starting tonight in Hobart. It'll be on in Launceston on Sunday and in Devonport on Monday. So if you want to get more details, it's your last opportunity to book for that. Text in immune22, I-M-M-U-N-E, number 22. Text that into 488 and we'll send you back a message where you can get the link to book for your event. 
there are limited numbers, so I'm hoping that uh, they're not fully booked already, but you can always try and see. So hopefully there's still some places if you're interested in going to that. Now, that's, of course, only in Tasmania. Now, exciting, we've got actually Sue Rad joining us next week on this program, and she'll be actually presenting on this topic. So for all of our listeners on the mainland, if you, of course, can't get to these events in Tassie, you will be able to catch up with some of the content that she'll be presenting at that program on our program next week, Improving Immune Function Through Food with Dr. Sue Rad. So I'll be talking to her and uh, you'll be able to listen to that next week on Connecting the Dots. Um, now in uh, tomorrow, sorry, Monday, um, we've got Tabitha and David Leo uh, continuing his series Encounters with Jesus. We hope you can join us then. But right now, just remember the free book offer for today, A Taste of Food as Medicine, Connect number 12. Thanks for joining us today. And wherever you are, we hope you have a great day.
program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.